Hey everybody, it's Megan here. Wanted to just come in with a quick life update. So um, just prefacing kind of the fact that um, Kelsey, Elena, and I have all kind of just taken various kind of steps away from SRC recently. Um, as I've been transparent with you guys, this is nowhere near a full-time job. I do not pay myself from SRC. This is solely to give back and try to create a community around women's distance running. So I know many of you all are involved in different various nonprofit organizations, and that's essentially how SRC functions. Um, we just, you know, our goal is not, it was never really to make money from this. Um, but I do realize that if it needs to be <laughs> it's somewhat sustainable, that may have to kind of be a future um, consideration. But needless to say, um, Kelsey's a full-time PhD student. Elena is actively in the job search and I believe hopefully getting a great opportunity here soon. And then I'm, um, I work full-time as well. And I just got a puppy, so um, crazy life changes. And I'm sure as many of you all are experiencing, just COVID's brought so many um, great opportunities to reflect on, you know, what's really important in life. and. Um, not to say SRC is definitely important, but I think kind of what's bringing you joy. And I was realizing that um, I just needed a bit of a step away. Um, and so, again, we're going to be releasing a lot of podcasts that we've recorded the last few months. But um, we're also trying to really plan ahead and do whatever we can just to make sure SRC is as inclusive as we can be and um, just really considering just kind of where the future stands. And we were sensing too, I think with the virtual workshops that maybe some of you were feeling burnout on virtual, um, just so many different, you know, conferences, retreats, everything seems to be online workshops. So that said, um, we will be trying to organize the last couple of workshops with the virtual race series, which I'm so excited. If you're in the Why I Run series, make sure you're getting those um, races logged. We've got a 5K, 10K half marathon distance. And then we also have a vertical mile, which I just did last weekend. So fun. Um, so anyway, I, um, yeah, I just wanted to say Thanks for following along. Thanks for tuning in. And like I said, if you have any suggestions, feel free to, to share them. But um, I did also want to mention, it's just that since SRC isn't our, anyone's full-time or part-time job here, um, it again, it's not like it's on the back burner, but it's just one of those things that we want to keep building this community and supporting you guys however we can. Um, but that's just kind of the reason why I've, found I need to step away, especially, yeah, <laughs> needless to say, puppy life is going to be taking up my time the next couple months. Um, but again, just, yeah, feel free to reach out with constructive feedback. We're always open to it. I just wanted to let you guys know that that's kind of why you might not see as many posts from us, you know, the next month or two. And again, if, yeah, like I said, if there's anything you would like to see from us in the future or that you want to be a part of, feel free to reach out. We are still accepting guest posts. We're always looking for new podcast guests and great people to feature. Um, so yeah, anyway, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Going to be a great one. 
And then I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Fem Protein Powder for supporting SRC. You can use the code STRONGRUNNERCHICKS for 15% off. Fem is a um, plant-based pea protein powder with cinnamon and vanilla bean. It is delicious. And Mallory was a former collegiate athlete herself. And so we're always happy to support a female-powered brand. Anyway, um, thanks again. Enjoy this one and be sure to leave a review in iTunes. Just a quick five-star review. If you like this episode, it really helps us out. And again, have a great one. Bye. Three, two, one. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome back to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. Today I have on with us Courtney DeWalter, who I am stoked to chat with. Um, she is arguably one of the greatest ultra runners, I would say, of all time, uh, women's and men's aside, but she's a women's uh, record holder for the distance run in 24 hours at 159.3 miles. I believe. Is that right, Courtney? It, which has since been broken, um, which is super cool. Oh, yeah. That is, that is my high, highest mileage. That's correct. Okay. That's a pretty big one. Um, <laughs> and then I'll have you share, is there any, maybe your proudest moment or, you know, one of the things people know you for? <laughs> any, yeah. any big highlights lately? I, um, nothing, nothing lately. There have been races, but um, I, I, I like to do the really long races. So I love the hundred mile distance and, um, in the ultra running world, there is the 200 mile distance as an option. So those longer ones really intrigue me. And, um, those are the ones, the races I usually am targeting throughout the year. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I was listening to you on another podcast and that, and I don't want to speak for you, but you said liking these distances because there, there are problems to solve, right? So yeah, things are more I, likely to go wrong. That's not something I normally hear people gravitate towards. So I'm really interested to just to hear what it is about these longer distances that you like. Yeah, so many things. Um, so I love running, first of all, and uh, to be able to be running for multiple days because those 200 mile races take you know, quite a while to cover that amount of distance with your feet. Um, so to be doing the thing I love straight for a couple of days is pretty special. And then um, because they take so long, inevitably a lot of problems are going to come up that you just didn't predict. And so it's like a fun game to me of um, trying to predict as many as I can and then reacting as efficiently as I can to the ones I didn't predict. So I love it. It's like a giant puzzle. And uh, each race is a unique puzzle that you have to put together yourself. In an average race, how much do you think you can expect? Like, do you typically kind of have 50-50? Or? I've, over the years, I think I've gotten a little bit better at, um, you know, the, the things that will probably happen. But there's always the one that you never could expect. And, and that's pretty exciting uh, afterwards to just, you know, laugh about how crazy that one thing was that no one could have predicted would happen. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited to dive a little bit more into some of those moments for you. I know you talk about seeing uh, leopards out there, or different <laughs> different animals, and so um, having just done 50Ks, I'm really stoked to dive more into ultra running and hopefully, um, you know, see some of what you've seen out there in different ways. But um, Yeah, keep at it. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, I wanted to draw a little bit into your background. So like growing up Hopkins, Minnesota, um, you know, what was that like? You know, tell us a little bit more. I went to University of Minnesota and I had a few teammates from Hopkins. So I know kind of a small town Midwest vibe. How did you first get into running? Oh. I love how our worlds just collided like that. That's super cool. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in a really active family. We, I have two brothers. We're all really close in age, and um, we played all the sports. And mostly we were into soccer when we were younger. And then I got into track and cross-country running through middle school and high school. Loved it. I loved the training. I loved racing and being able to, you know, control my own gas pedal and push it down as hard as I could. Um, and just fell in love with running as, as an activity that I found to be like equal parts social and when I had my best thinking and alone time. So it just became this really central part of my days. Um, yeah, which led me to, after college, deciding to try a marathon and and that just sort of snowballed it from there. Awesome, yeah. Um, we talk a lot here about kind of like how your your coach or your team atmosphere contributed. Was that a factor at all? Did, you know, did you have an overall positive experience? Anything that would have helped it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a huge part of, of why I loved running. Probably is my teammates were my family on the cross country team, um, like a lot of cross country teams are. And I had fantastic coaches who taught us, you know, how to push ourselves really hard, but also that nothing has to be that serious and that, you know, every workout could be fun if we just made it fun. Um, and then some other pivotal coaches who taught me uh, all about, like, there's always one more gear. When you feel like you've reached your limit, you can always dial it up one more notch, um, which Having all of that through middle school and high school, I feel so lucky to, um, you know, have all of these pieces come together for this sport that I love and lead to this lifelong, you know, passion for it. Absolutely. Yeah, those are some valuable lessons, especially to learn at a young age. Yeah. Um, so after high school, if I'm correct, you won a scholarship to University of Denver for, is this right? That's competitive. Correct, yeah. Okay. I hope I did my research. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, um, for competitive cross country skiing. So I'm kind of wondering, like, how did you balance those two sports growing up? Do you feel like they complemented one another? Did you ever have a point at which you kind of had to make that choice to, to you know, step into running full time? So uh, cross country skiing um, is, uh, do you, have you done cross country skiing? Yeah, yeah, I guess it's pretty conducive to, to trail running at least. Yeah, for sure. It's all engine, yeah. you know, it's your endurance um, muscles for sure. And I joined the cross country ski team with all my running friends in um, like ninth grade as our cross training between cross country running and track. We all wanted to do something to, you know, Minnesota winters are 
pretty snowy and uh, (laughs) running isn't super fun. So this was a good way to just keep being together and working out together. Um, And yeah, just loved it. So it was always been part of my high school, um, like rotation of sports and became pretty serious about it in like junior and senior year of high school where um, summers were spent, you know, cross training for it and getting ready for ski season using cross country running instead of uh, the reverse. Gotcha. So they pretty much complimented, went hand in hand. Yeah, totally. Which is so cool. Yeah. Awesome. How did you end up making the choice to go to University of Denver? What drew you out there? Colorado is amazing. So when I visited um, and checked it out, I fell in love with, you know, seeing the mountains and um, that whole just Colorado vibe. Um, and I guess I loved the team when I went to visit. And um, I saw it as a way where I could really improve because they were so strong and they were all so talented. So I wanted to, you know, try and keep up with them as a way to get better. Yeah. What gravitated uh, you towards ultras eventually? Were you always the one who wanted to go the longest, like 10Ks on the track or, um, yeah, I guess I'm curious, like how, how'd you end up getting into ultras afterwards? So after college, I, um, signed up for a road marathon and I stood at the start of that road marathon and I really thought I wouldn't make it to the finish. I thought I would die during those 26.2 miles because it sounded so far. Um, so like being able, I made it. (laughs) <laughs> that's good Didn't <laughs> you die. got past the first yeah yeah and and then when I finished it I was just I think blown away that I had doubted that it was possible like I didn't understand that humans could run that far and then I did it and it um, kind of opened up my mind to what else is out there and what else do we think we can't do that we can so there was a 50k nearby um, which is 31 miles well, is this all in Colorado? Were you still there? Nope. Um, so after college, I moved away for a few years to some different states. And so it was uh, in various states for about okay. four years. Yeah. Um, but a 50K seemed like just the perfect little baby step up from a marathon. Or I was like, well, you've made it 26.2. Why not try just a few more miles? And it's suddenly an ultra marathon. You yeah. Know? And I loved running through the woods that day on single track, cruising around, you know, it has this like really welcoming vibe in the ultra running community and the aid stations were just stocked with snacks. Like it wasn't just Gatorade cups and goos. It was like every snack you could think of. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this is the sport I need to check out more. (laughs) Is it sad that with COVID, I'm like, no, there's no more, you know, that's like what I'm going to miss at the aid stations. It's like no more snacks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, that's awesome. So it sounds like you really just jumped right in. Uh, I'm reading that like at your first 100 miler, you dropped out though. So yeah, what was, what was that experience like to not make it through? Was that your first DNF? Yeah. Yeah. So I did that 50 K knew I loved it. So I had to try the next distance, which was a 50 mile race. I did that. I survived it. It like, it was a, a huge adventure and, and I knew I just wanted more from the sport after that race. 
So then I naturally signed up for the 100 mile race. Um, and when I was running it, I made a lot of mistakes, but once my legs started hurting and it became pretty painful, which is inevitable in any race really, um, I mentally just spiraled into this really dark place of doubting myself and um, you know, telling myself that I couldn't do it and that I wouldn't make it to that finish line and I wasn't capable of 100 miles and quickly then dropped out at mile 60. Um, so it was a, a mental battle that I gave up on. Like I stopped believing in myself when it got tough. And that was, I think, one of the coolest lessons that I have learned through all my ultra running is um, that our brains are so powerful. And so if we can even just lie to ourselves and fake it for a while, like you're fine, you're going to make it, your body will follow suit and suddenly you'll be feeling good again. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what power our mind has and yeah. how and it much of it is. doesn't have to be yeah. 100 miles. It could be in a 5K or, you know, whatever, a one mile race. Just staying mentally tough through that is really important. Yeah. So what are a couple things that you would recommend or that maybe you use to stay mentally tough? Do you have any kind of mantras you repeat or, you know, when the going gets tough, how do you get through hard, hard moments? Usually when it gets really tough, I'll just start repeating to myself, you're fine. So that like everything calms down, you know, I don't freak out about whatever's happening. Even if it, I'm puking in the bushes, I'll be saying to myself, you're fine. <laughs> this is fine. Um, because that I think just calms the waters and then you can problem solve and push forward, like not dwell on what's happening. Yeah. I'm really interested. This is like a total aside, but with um, kind of with getting through races, I've noticed if I talk to myself in the third person, like you are fine or Megan, you got this. It's so much easier than if I say I am whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. like I'm fine versus you're fine. It's almost like we want to be telling somebody else this, yeah, you know, yeah. like we're our own best friend in a way. Yeah. So, I do the same. I use yeah. or I'll say Courtney. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I read about, I think Shalane Flanagan talking to herself too. Like yeah. Shalane, you got this. So it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Needless to say, yeah, you've done quite a few races and since made it through 100 miles multiple times. Um, <laughs> so I'm really curious, like, how, how you, you don't let this pressure get to you. Because for a lot of people, it seems like that would bring them to the point of, I, you know, there's a lot of type A runners. Do you feel like it's more of a personality trait that you seem to be pretty laid back um, or positive in general? Like, or is it something you've had to work on? Um, I don't know because I've only experienced it as myself. So I don't want to try and like speak for anyone's situation, but I think, um, I just always keep in mind that it's running and that this is a choice that we all get to make with what we're doing. And, um, that's pretty cool. Like we're, we're steering our own, you know, path through life and um, to be able to have running be a part of that is pretty lucky. So none of it, is, it should be too stressful if we're choosing it, I think. Yeah, I think reminding ourselves that it is a choice every day is a good, good point. And yeah, I'm, I'm wondering too, like how you kind of 
how that translates over to training because um, you know following more of an intuitive approach like what does that look like day to day and you know not maybe you do follow a training plan now but I no no, I no training no, plan like <laughs> how do you you know how do you do that for someone that um I definitely am more of an advocate of that intuitive approach too but I do like to have a little bit of a written schedule or a coach to kind of run things by and I know a lot of listeners are probably like how are you doing this Courtney without a yeah. you know a structured day-to-day -day plan so do you have any um yeah again it doesn't have to be advice but what does that look like day-to-day for you? Do you wake up and say, I want to run, you know, 20 miles today? Or do you have kind of a plan in your head? Um, yes. Yeah, so you're right. Like different training styles and, um, you know, organizing our life and our brains works different for different people. So this approach wouldn't necessarily be like the catch all for sure. But yeah, I don't have a plan. I don't have a coach. Every day I wake up and as I'm drinking my coffee, I'll, uh, you know, check, look out the window and uh, kind of think about what route or what sort of run is like grabbing at me that day. Like, what do I, what do I feel really drawn to do? And then once I get started out running, um, nothing is set in stone still. So if I was thinking, you know, I want to go over to that hill I love to do repeats on and get after it on that. Um, and then I start heading that way and it like, it's just not feeling it. I'll, you know, change course and do something totally different. Or if I'm really not feeling it, I'll just go around the block and I'll be back home in my PJs again. And <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I think our bodies are um, like they can cue us in on a lot of what's going on. And I think our brains are important in it as well. We can be, you know, mentally tired or emotionally tired. And so factoring all of that in each day for me is really important and um, not getting stuck on a schedule for me works best. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point to factor those other variables. And do you track um, like mileage or speed at all? Or do you keep kind of like a, either a written journal of some sort or like so, a, you know, training peaks log? Yeah. <laughs> I don't keep a written journal or a log of anything, but I do um, wear a GPS watch now, so I can plug it in and get all of that data. Um, but during a run, I often won't even be looking at it. It's like the, um, you know, just start stop motion of growing up doing that every run with my Timex watch is kind of ingrained in me. <laughs> um, so I still start stop it and I have, you know, all the data that I could need if I want to go back and reflect on anything. And um, sometimes I might do that if I'm, you know, feeling really fatigued for multiple days in a row, I might, you know, check in on what have I been doing, like what sort of miles or climbing or paces have I been running to, you know, kind of figure out the puzzle to move forward. Yeah. So it all kind of comes back to that puzzle piece too. Yeah. 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 It's all just a, a fun game for me to try and figure out as best I can. Right. Do you have any other, you don't have to share your secrets, but any like recovery practices or strength training that you kind of follow or maybe not follow, but like, does your intuitive nature ever say like, we're going to do some push-ups today? Or do you have any other, um, you know, yoga, anything that you do in addition to running? 
last year I had an injury. So before my injury last year, I didn't do anything. I loved running. And so that's all I did whenever I was uh, out training. Um, but after my injury, I learned some valuable lessons about um, just kind of keeping our bodies happy and ways we can do that. So now I do incorporate every day, I'll do body weight exercises and a lot of like hip activation exercises. And um, I'll mix in road biking for cross training or cross country skiing in the winter as well. Cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, so yeah, those are, those are great to incorporate as well and all about that all about those. Um, I wanted to know, so here at Strong Runner Chicks, we talk a lot about like embracing all body types, shapes, sizes, ethnicities, paces, backgrounds, and how, you know, we want to make sure that everyone feels welcome in the sport. How do you sort of navigate these waters, both yourself? Like, have you ever kind of felt like you weren't a part of maybe the road running culture or a different culture? And how do you maybe see like the ultra running community playing a role in this? No, that's kind of a big question. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I fully experienced the road running culture to know if I ever felt like I fit in there. But I knew instantly when I um, started doing ultra running that I felt welcome in the ultra running community. So I think um, from my experience, and I definitely can't speak for everyone's experience, but um, it's, it's just like everyone is out there doing this really cool adventure of 50 miles or 50 K or, you know, ultra running is pretty crazy. The distances that you're covering. And so the people out doing the races together are like a team almost where, um, you know, you're all doing this individual race and you have your own bib number and you'll get your own time at the end. But no one hesitates to be helpful if they can. Like it was actually one of the things that hooked me in my first 50 mile race. Um, it was rain. It was horrendous weather, like sleeting and hailing and windy. Everything was just awful. But um, I tripped in a mud puddle and face planted, like just covered in this icy mud. And a person was about 15 yards ahead of me, 15 meters, whatever ran back and offered me their hand to pull me out of this mud puddle. And I was like, wow. that's so crazy. Like, thank you. And then <laughs> we take off down the trail and we're just hooping and hollering about this horrendous weather and how it's like survival mission out there. Um, and I think that like definitely clicked for me of, you know, we're in this together, even though it's our own feet that are going to do it. Um, which is huge, I think, for, you know, someone new who wants to try it out, like, come on, please come join us on a trail run or um, come check it out a little bit because I have not found a single person who made me feel like um, I shouldn't be there or this run was only for a certain group of people or whatever. Yeah, I have a similar experience having done trails and then road and obstacle courses a little bit. I feel like trail has by far been really welcoming. So um, qu a question, we actually got a couple questions, which is basically the same question, but five or so people asking, what advice would you give to a runner just getting started in your ultra running journey? Or maybe what would you have done differently? 
Um, so just getting started in ultra running, I think you like pick your thing you're going to go after, I think can be helpful. You know, what's the distance, what's the, what's the race or place you want to go to do this and then just start building towards it. It works the same though as any distance where you've got to be really patient with the buildup. So not, you know, go zero to 60 in, in one week and, uh, and then just be consistent with it, like chipping away at it every day. Even if it's just a few miles, you only have 30 minutes available or you only have these 20 minutes at 6 p.m., whatever it is, just get out and, and do what you can with the time that you have um, because it all accumulates. Like those tiny runs, the, the short ones, they add up and they help build that physical stamina. And also um, I think they help build some mental stamina and strength of like, there's no excuses. Get out the door and, and go for it because you want to do this thing. Yeah, every bit counts, I think, and just getting involved. And it sounds like, too, what you did is kind of building up in distance versus just yeah. saying, I'm going to do a 200-mile race yeah. from zero, you know, <laughs> like a little bit of a buildup. So, yeah, great point I there. think um, there's some really cool races that are timed events as well, which could be awesome for anyone. Even if you don't want to try an ultra marathon, there's races that will be like do as many of this one mile loop in six hours as you can or 12 hours or 24 hours. And so <clears throat> that was one of the first things I did after I failed that hundred mile race. I signed up for a 24 hour race. That was a two mile loop just to prove to myself that I could get to that hundred mile distance before I tried it again on trails. And so it was um, just a really like safe space to try and, and build up some confidence and some physical like learned, you know, endurance, I guess. So if you, like, if you signed up yeah. for a six hour race and you wanted to <laughs> target, you yeah. know, 20 miles, that's super cool. Yeah. And you have six hours then to go after that. I think that's a cool way to see it too. I'm just smiling because I've seen some of those and I'm like, I don't think I'd want to do just a straight, you're going to be on this course, no matter how fast you go for this amount of time. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's good mental strength little, then too. It's true. That's true. You need that sometimes. So um, that said, I'm really curious to know what are a couple of your favorite races or maybe like in your career thus far, any highlights, moments, kind of stories you always kind of come back to? Oh man, oh, so many. They've all been so cool and there's so lessons and memories from all of them. I think uh, like get, getting to that 100 mile distance was really special and um, then kind of tinkering with figuring out the puzzle better was a fun journey. And then jumping into the 200 plus mile distance I think is um, yeah, one of my favorite things because it just opened up a whole new world of, of what humans can do and um, figuring out how to do them better has been fun. Yeah, absolutely. Moab is like one of the most beautiful places too to do a race. Oh, it was so cool. It yeah. was like deserts and canyons and these huge mountains. Um, I mean, at one point I was out in the middle of this like desert canyon area and I looked around and there wasn't even a bug, like nothing wants to live out there. And, and there I was running across it. It was like, it made you feel so small and like how cool the world is. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm curious, like, what keeps you coming back other than, you know, the Western states is obviously seen as, and it is this huge race and like, kind of what keeps you coming back to that? Yeah, like, with it being so hot and so, um, I don't, so many variables. Is that something that, you know, you want to continue to do annually? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many cool races out there. I've only done that one one time completely and then last year when I um, dropped out of it. So I haven't repeated it too many times and um, I'm definitely not sick of it yet, but we'll see in the coming years what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of our listeners asked if you had any interest in running outside the U.S. much, like going to Australia, New Zealand for races. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have a cheer squad waiting. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I've uh, been lucky enough to travel to a few places and and check out the trail running scene and do some racing. Um, But I would love to, I mean, it's such a fun way to explore places. Like even when I go to a just new city in the, in the U S that's my favorite way to check it out is to put on my running shoes and, and go like get the lay of the land, you know? So to be able to do that in other countries is really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with 2020 being kind of, you know, sadly for racing, a little bit of a, some would see it as kind of a washout thus far. Like, how have you found ways to stay positive and sort of revamp, which it doesn't sound like you're much of a planner, but, you know, it can be disappointing for anyone, I think, in some sense, or just challenging, right, of like, what, what have you found is helpful for you during this time to stay positive, to find those silver linings? Yeah, I think um, like flipping it where uh, it's now an opportunity of um, there are no races that are, you know, going to, you know, be the focus of the summer, which means like doing cool trails that you never had an opportunity to do or, you know, beating myself up on some mountain runs that, would be too difficult to try before a race or something like that. Um, so I'm excited about the possibility of um, finding yeah, new ways to challenge myself. And the cool thing with running is you don't need to have a bib pinned on to you know, do an adventure that's fun and shared with friends or alone, you know, whatever. It's, it's a great way to explore no matter what. I love that quote. You don't need a bib. I mean... Gosh, yeah, I definitely have sometimes defaulted to that, I think, of like just signing up for races because it kind of gets you out there to a trail and it's an easy way because, you know, the course is already mapped out for you. There's people there, Um, but that's a great point is just to take it in your own hands and you don't need a race time or anything to make it official. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, Have you used this time at all? Like, you know, I, I think on downtime, people are like, does, does Courtney ever take a break? Like, how do you, how do you kind of stay both mentally and physically uh, refreshed? Do you have um, periods in the year where you just take some downtime and, you know, kind of kick back? Yeah, I mean, this, uh, the COVID stuff has definitely been teaching me a little bit of, uh, like, Normally, a race would help me cue in on when my downtime is. You know, I do a race and then I really recover after. So I know that there's downtime and it's going to ebb and flow 
just naturally with a race season. Um, and so without having races, it's been fun to, you know, just have to learn that like, okay, you've been training for a couple months straight, you know, getting in some really good stuff. Now let's like, let that fall for a little bit and, and relax for a while. So yeah, I definitely do relax. And that also, um, like without my training plan, if I wake up and I'm sipping my coffee and I'm looking out there, just not motivated in the least and, you know, feeling more fatigued than normal, I'll take the day off and, and not bat an eye about it. So, um, it's, days that are easy. And then for sure, I've had some easier weeks. Yeah. Okay. So you're human, just like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joking. But um, what, what does Courtney like to do in her downtime? Like what is your, you know, when you're not out there on the trails, what does life look like? Yeah, I am. I love mowing the lawn and doing yard work. <laughs> Some strength training. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't call it strength training. Well. It's like puttering. <laughs> um, yeah. Being outside. I mean, yeah. my husband and I will just cruise around on bikes or walk to town when you could walk and go into places in town and uh, like playing yard games, I think is super fun. Um, otherwise, yeah, just reading or um doing yeah. I like doing like puzzles not the piece puzzles but like word puzzles oh yeah yeah like not sudoku but things no like crosswords and then there's all these okay. different games now that you can do I don't know I think yeah. word games are fun. <laughs> I think that might be a Minnesota thing too because you're so used to yeah cooped up <laughs> like board games yeah we entertain ourselves well yes yeah <laughs> Exactly. Um, are you reading anything good? Any reading recommendations? I'm in between books, so I'd love oh, any recs that okay. people have. What's your favorite genre? I like murder mysteries. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't really have any for you off the top of my head, but we'll see. Maybe some listeners have them. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be if there's okay. any other good books. Murder like. mystery. Yes, noted. Um, <laughs> love it. Thanks. Uh, another question or sort of topic that I'm kind of, that I think all people are, right? Like wanting to know what does she eat? And I love that you said in an article um, on Red Bull, like, I don't eat, you know, just like your training plan, you don't eat with restriction. You, there's nothing strict about your diet, what you're craving, you'll give into, or you'll maybe not give into, right? But like, whatever you're craving, it sounds like you sort of, you know, your body well enough to to not need to follow a diet, um, which I know is like a big kind of thing for a lot of runners is needing this, you know, race weight or diet or whatever it is. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough for runners, right? But how do you um, navigate these waters? Like, is this something you've always kind of just done? Or is there anything that kind of helps you to just relax around food? when it can, even with like a race coming up, some people are like, I don't know if I'm eating the right thing before a race. Like, how do you just know that that's the best thing? Yeah, I think uh, it's all going to be fine. Always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if it's not, you learn, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's not a huge deal. So yeah. it'll be okay. But I, um, yeah, I don't find a lot of joy in like thinking about what I'm going to eat or restricting 
what I'm going to eat. And so yeah. it doesn't make sense to then add in something that gives me less joy to my life. Um, so yeah, I just eat when I'm hungry and whatever's convenient. Usually I'm not super picky about like square meals or, um, you know, certain times a day or anything really. It's just grabbing a lot of snacks throughout the day. And then um, my husband and I aren't great cooks and we're not, neither of us really care about making like some gourmet meal. So it's usually just throwing together whatever's handy and uh, it's all fuel to yeah, let us do the, the next thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, what's your go-to? I've heard you say you like nachos, but any favorite like pre post race uh, fuel of choice? I mean, post race for sure is nachos and beer. Um, pre race the night before I might do um, just something predictable and easy to get. So oftentimes, no matter where you are, pizza is, you know, a pretty standard mix of things. So a lot of nights before races, I'll end up getting pizza. Um, but I've also done like Chipotle or whatever, you know, whatever's convenient usually. I don't like bring uh, any specific dinner to my races. How about in a race? What is your favorite thing to see at an aid station? Yeah, so it, it took me a lot of years of grazing the aid stations and um, making a lot of big mistakes. But now I've narrowed it down where I keep my race food really simple. All I eat during any race less than 100 miles is tailwind, honey stinger, waffles and chews, and mashed potatoes. And that's it. So it eliminates a lot of choices. <laughs> which is helpful. <laughs> Mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, they're like so good. <laughs> yeah. Like good complex carbs. And then if you're not feeling like chewing anymore because you've been out there so long, if they just go right in without yeah. any effort. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. I haven't really thought about mashed potatoes. I guess they're not really, I like sweet potatoes, maybe sweet potato. Yeah, and great. mash it up so that you don't yeah. have to chew it. Okay. Noted. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, we've got some rapid fire fun questions we can dive into. We went through this interview Let's pretty fast. You're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're both like short spoken. So uh, <laughs> not keeping you on here as long as Joe Rogan. Or I was talking too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I kind of, this is like a random question that I know Kelsey might have is she's in teaching and she's um, one of our strong runner chick people behind the brand but we wanted to know or I I'm speaking for her now but I'm curious to know what drew you to teaching um like high school teaching high schoolers and do you have aspirations to go back to that eventually or to be a coach or yeah what about that um yeah yeah I um in undergrad I studied biology with the intent of doing like sports medicine or physical therapy or maybe med school route even. And a few of my uh, job shadows that I did in my later years of college, I think even like maybe senior year, I was, I faint because of blood and I thought I would outgrow it by, you know, doing this and I wasn't outgrowing it. So <laughs> <laughs> it became evident that like yeah. looking at someone's stitches on their knee after ACL surgery, oh. needles of any Not kind. for me either. I don't yeah. blame you. Yeah. So then I was like, 
well, uh-oh, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and my mom's a teacher, so I grew up around, you know, teachers and just that, um, like, yeah, I guess just seeing it growing up, it becomes, you know, maybe an option. And uh, so then I pivoted, I guess, and switched gears to figuring out how to get in a classroom and, and teach science instead of, um, yeah, the physical therapy. Yeah, way. yeah. Do you ever miss it? Uh, I mean, right now, it's it, life is pretty fun. And so I'm just trying to stay in the moment and enjoy that while it's here. I know it's a ride that will end eventually. Um, so trying to just take advantage of um, my legs and my body and, you know, the ability to do this right now. And then when that ride ends, we'll see what happens. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. My mom's a teacher too, but I just, I don't know about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> just for, for young, like fourth graders, you know, so high school makes a little more sense, I think. <laughs> Fun. Um, so a couple rapid fire questions. What is your favorite trail you have run? This might be tough of all time. That's so tough. You can pick like top three. Yeah. I'll just yeah. say towns in Colorado where I love the trails. So I love the trails in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, Leadville, and Crested Butte. Some Ooh. really fun trails. All in Colorado. That's a common yeah. theme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Secretly, uh, I want to move there, but I think everyone does. <laughs> All yeah. the runners. Um, what is your favorite running quote of all time? Do you have a quote or any, um, maybe any people that inspire you? Uh, I think Des Linden is so cool. And so just her, um, what is, she says, keep showing up. Yeah. Right after she won Boston, I think is, um, yeah, just keep chiseling away at it. It's, that's inspiring to me, I think. Yeah. Have you guys had the chance to meet? No, never. Oh, that would be really cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Des and Courtney will have a double show. Um, what are a couple of your, we kind of talked about this, but like top three food staples that you always have on hand? In our fridge? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> or like pantry. Cheese, tortillas, and salsa are always on hand. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Love it. Um, living in Golden, right? Are you in Golden? Yeah. Do you have a favorite beer? Um, like a brewery? Yeah, or a brewery, right? Like Colorado breweries. Yeah, there's so many good breweries in Golden. Um, I drink a lot of Sufferfest beer, which is actually brewed out in California or yeah. their headquarters are. Yeah. Uh -huh. so they're a great company and um, make some really delicious, refreshing beers. But otherwise, I love going to local breweries and just trying out what they have. Cool. Yeah. Um, just a couple last questions. What advice would you give your younger self? Maybe like high school, college, Courtney? Oh, man. I don't know. I think, you know uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything right now. That's Sorry. okay. <laughs> we don't need any, any more advice. It sounds like you, <laughs> you had a great, um, 
college and high school experience anyway, or positive, right? Oh, I'm sure she could use plenty of advice, but <laughs> I don't know the one yeah. thing that I'd give her. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one to think about. Um, final question we ask all our guests is what is being a strong runner chick or just like a strong runner mean to you? Um, I think it's believing in yourself and, and pushing your own limits and seeing what's possible. Not, uh, you know, not thinking that there's some standard that you shouldn't go above because you're a girl or because you're this or that or, you know, whatever. So I think uh, pushing on without, without worrying about what you're supposed to be doing. I love it. Thank you. That's a good one. Um, yeah, you kind of talked, uh, I think, in Red Bull's article about kind of pushing boundaries and how women are doing that. And it seems like you're, you're a contributor to that. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for creating this community. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to, to talk with you, Courtney. I know listeners are going to love this one. And um, yeah, we didn't get too much into your hallucinations during ultras, but I'm sure I think Joe Rogan got into that one if you yeah. check out his show. So you get the full coverage. Are you still selling? Um, do you have any like, weren't you selling shirts? I had leopard and yeah. hammock shirts, which was one of my hallucinations. Um, and I think we'll open another window soon. So I'll keep you all posted on when those are available. Please do. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll share that out. So cool. Thanks Thank again, you. Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good Great one. Talking to you. you too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.